Hello and welcome to Salopcast, the final episode of the season. Hi Glenn, how are you doing? I'm alright Ollie, it's, uh, yeah, it's come round quite quickly hasn't it Ollie, like every season, it's whooshed by and uh, I think this, this is our 40th podcast of the season isn't it, 39 regular ones and you know, obviously the extra special one with Mickey Mellon left as well, so yeah, it's been most enjoyable and uh, not the most enjoyable game to end the season obviously Ollie, which we'll get to in a minute, no. but yeah, it's it's come round pretty quick hasn't it? It has, yeah, so it's been yeah, it's good, it's been a good season and obviously this is, yeah, for both of us has catered a bit of extra element hasn't it and I know if you you're watching the games a little bit a bit more in depth yeah also thinking what you might say so no it's been good enjoyable and um yeah so um Oxford away last game of the season you went down there didn't you Ollie this week did you have a nice trip down I did it was um yeah 11th game in a row and I <laughs> as I am here I am actually currently in London I can see the glorious M4 um and <laughs> I can just about see Heathrow so unfortunately I was on the M40 which is my um road of not choice but um yeah favorite road in the whole world at the moment mm. I seem to be on it all the time so yeah trip down to Oxford and um quite interesting actually parked up on the road they've got loads of street parking where you can park up and walk to the ground yeah it's good isn't it actually so that's quite good yeah had a bit of a trek and yeah um the game the game um started obviously going into the game um, only a freak set of results would have pulled us into a rele- relegation zone. Yeah. Um, so I think everyone's kind of aware of the context. Um, but also, interestingly, going into the game, Oxford were shy of um, two goals shy of 100 goals in the league Amazing, in all competitions, which is quite impressive. So um, we went into the game, um, and uh, the team was the kind of standard team we had in the last game with Morris Payne up front, Rodman, Agogo, Yates, and Woolly midfield, with Brown, Sadler, Nasala, O'Reilly. Uh, and Luke Viler in goal, so kind of the team that we kind of expected. Yep. Um, I think that there was a... I didn't see this as I was, I was a bit rushed to get to the ground, but I think Dodds was in the original team lineup. Uh, Again? And he, yeah, yeah this be the second time just, he's been pulled out, if that was okay. Yeah, he was in He was in the first um, Team eleven, and then he got pulled out again, yeah, uh, which is a bit of a shame. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll talk about injuries later. Yeah. So, in terms of the context of the game, so Shooty Town fans was about nearly 900 Town fans, which is pretty impressive. Amazing. Uh, for the last game of the season. And Shooty fans were in great voice. Um, it was really, really good atmosphere. Um, unfortunately, um, that was ruined on the 16th minute. <laughs> we gave away a very, very sloppy goal. Up to this point, we'd been really poor. So, we started poorly. We played poorly and we kind of ended poorly. So that's yeah. my kind of I mean, that, hotline summary of the game. That's a pretty good summary. It kind of is interesting that that was the game that finished this pretty, you know, in general, we've avoided relegation and there's the, the positives about it, but it's generally been a pretty bang average season, hasn't it? So this Oxford two shoes be no result when I when I sort of saw it, because I'll come to what I was up to in a minute, but when I saw it, it kind of felt like quite a, a quite a succinct point to the end, to the end of this season. So, you know, I've sort of given up, and not given up, but, um, you know, just getting rolled over 2-0 against a, a fairly decent, you know, upper mid-table team. So, um... Yeah, I mean, what what really went wrong and right, really, Ollie, in the game? What was the, what was the main what was the main problem? To start with that, I suppose. Everything. <laughs> <laughs> um, as I put, um, I've, I've written down, we couldn't pass. No, oh, great. It was sloppy. Um, overall, actually, one thing that was a bit frustrating, actually, there was quite a lot of selfish decisions. Not every time, but there was quite a few times where people could have crossed or passed the ball and they shot or tried to do something on their own, which is a bit frustrating. Um, the game started a bit funny, actually, because. And before they got their first goal, they had to make two subs. Oh, right. So they had two players that went off injured, which was a bit strange. Um, both fullbacks um, had muscle injuries and had to go off. 
so that was a bit odd. So yeah, we just didn't play very well. We didn't start very well. And the, the first goal was kind of a bit of a summary of our season. Um, Toto plays the ball um, out the back quite hard into into Yates, who struggles to control the ball. Yeah. Some town fans have suggested the pitch was a bit bobbly, but Oxford players seem to control the ball. Yeah, I was going to say well. didn't affect them, did uh, it? No, he didn't. Um, he loses it. He gets um, basically um, kind of counter, get counter-attacked and he gets swamped by the central defender in midfield. Mm-hmm. They attack very quickly. Central defender gets um, into the box and just um, slots into the back of the net. It was a classic mistake in midfield, caught out, counter-attack, bang, goal. Um, Brilliant. <laughs> we kicked off. We hoofed the ball forward. Their right back headed, um, the left back headed the ball. The left winger got the ball, did a ball outside of his boot down the wing with the strikers, ran onto it. He ran into the box and then their player um, <laughs> pushed into the back of the net. Two and nil. that was the 16th and 17th minutes, 2-0. And I won't, I have to be honest, I was a little bit concerned at that point. Did you, uh, <laughs> One thing I want to know, Ollie, is when you saw, when we went 2-0 down, did you immediately go to look at the Port Vale score just in case? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I bet I bet so many town fans had their phones out straight away, just thinking, "Oh my god, we better just check they haven't gone two 0 up already, and pretty much half the deficit they needed." Um, but yeah, I, I could see a lot of people being on their phone at that point in time. It was, it was obviously you know the, in the context of everything, we thought that it was going to be obviously a freakish set of results yeah. for um, Port Vale to kind of you know one they had to win, then they had to obviously then the change the deficit, but conceding two goals in two minutes. Um, and the, considering there was um, still 73 minutes left, <laughs> there was quite a concern. Unfortunately, um, we, yeah, the first half was poor. Um, and as Paul Hurst said himself, he said that we weren't good enough in the first half. He was disappointed with it. Um, and he, he wasn't, he didn't really, you know, didn't really expect or didn't really want to have to ball at them at half time. Yeah. But um, they certainly deserved it because they were very poor. Mm. It was it was about the 17th minute where I sort of tuned into what was going on on Saturday because I think I mentioned it a few weeks ago that I, I was going to go on holiday um, over the bank holiday weekend to uh, basically somewhere near Aberaeron, which is south of Aberystwyth, in the middle of nowhere with no phone signal, no electricity, and, and spend three nights in a yurt, which is what I did do at the weekend, Ollie. But I managed to convince my wife to let me go out for a run along the coast um, at 12 o'clock when the games kicked off, and I managed to finally get some signal signal and spent all my run listening to um talk sport too because they yeah. had they had an they had a league one last day special which was really good i should just say that you know i know a lot of town fans went there but probably a lot of people didn't know they were doing it and they were going around all the live games at league one to cover you know the ups and downs and stuff and they had a live reporter at shrewsbury so um it was good but by the time i eventually got phone signal the guy from oxford was obviously saying we're two nil down and looked like shipping more goals so i was sitting on sort of a, a cliff overlooking the sea thinking i'm not too worried yet and then as i kept plodding on obviously we kept it kept him out again then so so that was quite good so yeah this is where i sort of tuned in then and then obviously weren't any more goals or really was there anything else of notes to talk about really ollie in the game i don't know mm, no um, <laughs> i spent most of the second I've looking at my phone I have to be honest and I was just sitting there thinking oh this is a bit of a waste of time <laughs> I could have maybe gone away for the weekend um, my girlfriend will would be really angry if she heard me say that but she's never listened to the pod so yeah, I know I'm go. safe bonus <laughs> um, but um, yeah I maybe should have gone away for the weekend instead because <laughs> it was really really poor um, really poor like really poor. I mean, the question. Terrible. I think the question everyone will ask you wasn't there. Was did they play like they knew they weren't going to get relegated? Like, do you think they were just poor and Oxford were good, or was there a little bit of a you know, like we always say, were they on the beach already sort of thing? And I know that they had the sort of end of season presentation awards coming up on the Saturday, which might have maybe fed into that. Like they they went home and did that, didn't they? Do you, do you think that there was a lack of effort, or was it just one of those things, you know, just end of season game and and cruising really a little bit I don't know yeah I had a discussion on um, Twitter with um, Lewis Cox and we both agreed that Oxford were good 
Yeah. So Oxford do the simple things. As we said all season, you know, we've talked about Rochdale, we've talked about Fleetwood, we've talked about, you know, teams that are not bigger than Shrewsbury. And what's the difference? The difference is they've had an organised team of willing players, willing to work hard for each other. Pass and move, you know, the basics of football, and basically did the basics of football much better than us. Um, yes, it felt like we were a bit like we are on the beach. Maybe yeah. this was where we had lone players and, you know, some players that know they're not going to be in the club next year, and that all kind of came to a head. Mm. Um, but some of it was just, like, really sloppy. So uh, there was what the, my favourite moment in the first half was um, where we counter-attacked. We actually did a nice attack. Um, one of the midfielders passed the ball to Rodman, yeah, and the ball was behind him when he was running forward, which was a really poor pass. He then tried to turn round and slipped over and fell over, and the ball <laughs> went out for a throw. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I imagine you would have gone mad at that, and I, I did actually go mad. I think I, yeah, swore and said, "Pass the something ball," um, and that was kind of summed up the the game really. Um, <laughs> and the second half, we did we did play better. Yeah. Um, obviously, we didn't concede again, um, but. Yeah, I was just basically just watching the Port Vale. Um, can you even know the text mm. on your on your phone on the BBC website? I'm um, just hoping that they were gonna yeah lose or draw. Yeah. We um, weren't we weren't quite as nervous as sort of Berry and Dillingham's fans were, I suppose, at the end of the day. And um, obviously on Talk Sport Two, they kept going between the games, and there was a point where I think Vale hit the bar against Fleetwood in the last few minutes, and. Um, and obviously Gillingham would have got relegated if that had gone in so it was still all to play for down the bottom but by the time it got to about the 80th minute you knew that we were we were safe and they weren't going to get enough goals to, to sort of, you know claw as many back on us even if they did win and somehow salvage themselves out of it we were still going to finish above Gillingham because I think they were 2-0 down at that point in time so yeah you, you knew going into the last 10 minutes that you know you were pretty much safe but it, it, it still probably was worth looking wasn't it? Yeah it was definitely worth looking when we conceded those two goals back to back I mean it was really worrying because it just happened so quickly <laughs> and it happened so effortly but um, yeah in in the end um, yeah we were, we were fine obviously look at the league table and obviously it was close in the end but um yeah, we um, yeah, it's been an interesting season, um, <laughs> but but on a positive note, I'll tell you one thing though, and then you'll see this when I come to my top three. Yeah. Um. So one positive, so obviously McIntyre came off the bench. Yeah, I noticed you've, you. I think right in between, <laughs> I don't know how we pronounce this guy's name. Well, I think I think it's McAtee. Mac or you think it's McIntyre? I did also see you'd written it down as McAtee at one point. I was thinking if we've signed him, he's pretty he's pretty old. From well, we've got friends. We've got <laughs> friends. Um, family. I've made my parents have friends, and I'm sure that's how they spell their surname. And oh, they've okay. always been. They're always Macatier. We'll find out uh, next year if he gets a bit more time. Well, playing. our chess, our chess now on Facebook. What are their name is? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm sure it's used to be formerly Macatier. Uh, By the way, so anyway, how did he play this young lad? He's he's one of the ones that's got offered a contract, isn't he? Yeah, so he's one of the pros that got offered a contract. So I'll do my top three first. On, well, I struggled. It took me a while, so I really struggled <laughs> because everyone was so poor. So I went for Sadler because he didn't really make any big mistakes. I went for Rodman, um, no end product, but he did run around a lot. Um, and yeah, I went for McIntyre third, considering he came off the bench in the second half. Um, yeah, I thought he deserved it because he didn't really make any mistakes. Yeah, he was really good. positive. And there was one bit where he did a beautiful flick um, over um, an opposition um, Oxford player yep. and then just spanked it out to the wing. And I thought, oh, that was quite interesting. He caught the ball a few times under pressure, um, got past the ball under pressure and, and passed it back to midfield. Um, and he seemed to make some, some, some quite interesting runs. So Who did he come on for? Um, Morris. So he okay, played centre mid for Morris. Yeah, did he so play? He did he play where Morris was playing in the number ten role, or was he more he, number that? ten more attacking? Oh, interesting. Um, so he's a bit more attacking than that. That's so exciting. yeah, no, it was positive to see. I um, mean, to me, it's it's a positive because um, from everything we've seen about Paul Hurst and 
um, the sort of youth players we've got with, with obviously Anderson and Jones will come onto the retained list and, and they've not been retained but it comes out later but it, for him to give one of these young lads a go in the last game obviously I'm, Paul Hurst is obviously a fan of this lad um, which means you know we might see a bit more of him next season because Paul Hurst at his Q&A was very clear to say some of those other young lads were not at the level of Tyler Roberts or you know some of those other youth players we got in on loan but you know he's thrown this lad in so obviously he thinks he must be some, some, some way of getting towards that so yeah hopefully he has a good summer and keeps himself fit comes back and has a good pre-season and he's involved in the first team because we've got to fill that bench up with one youth player this season every week and so obviously we've got Dom Smith at the club who's trained by us um, but there's not too many of them knocking around that have got experience now considering so yeah hopefully he comes good and, and we see a lot more of him yeah no definitely Dom Smith did come on oh yeah um, I saw that yeah and just proved again that he can't play right back um, <laughs> he needs to play in central defence yeah. so um, for his for his own sake um, if he does get a chance in the first team I hope it is in central defence because he ain't a natural fullback um, no. and it is a specialist role um, so he did a job and but he isn't you know it's not his, his preferred position mm. so yeah so so that was the game really it was a bit of a, a damp squid really because especially as the town fans came in great voice um, singing some quite funny songs about Vale and staying up and everyone <laughs> was in a really good mood some some people had gone in fancy dress and I saw some inflatables on the highlights as well yeah there was some, some inflatables some bananas and um, some crocodiles flying around um, so yeah everyone was in good spirits lots of chance about there being q fence behind the goal there was a, a fence uh, yeah the, the biggest chance today was probably um, yeah Junior Brown sent Vale down yes I told you that last week didn't I that that was going to become yeah. a, a sort of uh, cult song cult hero song so yeah there you go what, what, what do you think the Vale fans would think if they heard that chant they'd be like what are you going on about well yeah it's, but yeah, it's not quite <laughs> Mickey Brown sent Chester down because that was that one specific yeah. goal wasn't it but um, I don't know I think it's more just for the fact that we've got something to lord over Vale for when you know, yeah, they've exactly. probably done it over us for the few years haven't they so um, I don't think Paul Vale fans are going to be listening to anything she's Town fans say for, for, for a fair old while because no. they're going to have just as big a struggle to get out of League 2 as anyone does and did you just going off topic a little bit did you see their chairman resign today so, no, I didn't see Yeah, that, they're no. right in the stick again because he was one of their sort of guys that was funding all the losses they were taking. He's put the club up for sale. So generally when a club goes up for sale, if they don't find a bidder pretty quick, they're going to be struggling in League 2 next season, I reckon. So yeah, couldn't happen to a nicer club, could it, Ollie? No, it couldn't. <laughs> and just um, just in terms of them as well, obviously people were um, sharing the picture online of the league table and where we were when it first took over and that they were seventh yeah, nuts. Yeah, a bit like bit like Birmingham, you know, really rocketed down to the bottom. Obviously, not as bad as um, not sorry, Birmingham haven't been as bad as Vale because they haven't gone down. Um, Birmingham still could, I think. Yes, um, they could still, yeah. But um, yeah, it's um, it's weird. But also, it's interesting how we finish the season so early. So the thing is, five more. Some teams have five more games in the Premier League. Yeah. Um, League Two have one more game, and the Championship have um, at least one more as well. So yeah, it's strange. Yeah. I don't know why they end. Yeah, I I quite like the fact it's um segregated so you end up with the three leagues finishing on three different days because yeah. it gives it a little bit more focus and as I was saying about this the talk sport thing where you know it, it did have the focus of, of the game although at the same time Man United were playing Swansea so that was like the main commentary on the main radio stations but at least they did a show covering it and obviously it would have been on Soccer Saturday and all that sort of thing so I don't, don't know quite the reason for it I guess but um, there's a bit of a wait for the playoffs for the League 2 teams isn't there it is yeah, yeah so yeah strange. season's over and um, any questions Glenn no, that, that was it really I think I agree with you that um, yeah we can move on other than to say that we're, we're going to sort of hold back off our sort of general comments on the end of the season aren't we Ollie for, for yeah. various reasons and we've got more shows going into the next few weeks we'll talk about later so um, yeah there we go I, I think you did well to go to the last 11 games of the season Ollie I think you deserve some sort of credit for that because it, it was it was worrying at some points and then obviously it came good and you saw them all the way through so yeah fair play to you did do in that Ollie that was cracking mate yep and here we go new season 
and I think everyone's going to be very excited um, to see what Hearst can do. Uh, yes. Hopefully, we're not we're not this time next year. We're going bloody Hearst. We did well, and then he did rubbish again. But hopefully, yeah, hopefully we have a successful season next season. However, obviously, successful season next season is not going to be a relegation battle all year. Um, let's hopefully no. we can have a more enjoyable year. Yeah, let's start to look up a little bit. I mean, I think over the years I've learned to hold my excitement about, about things back because <laughs> you generally always get let down. Or even when you think things are going well, it's so difficult to maintain that over the course of a season. So as long as he does a good job rebuilding it and gets the excitement going and we can at least start next season a bit better than we started last season, let's just look to that, the first 10 games really, and think about what comes after it. So um, yeah, we'll be back to talk about that next season, won't we, Ollie? But yeah, right, Maybe should we move on to Salab News now? There's, a, there's yep. obviously a few things happened today. Um and we can talk about Joe, Joe Riley in a minute, but just as before we came on la- on air, really, to do the podcast, Ollie, and record it, um, Shrewsbury Town announced the retained list, didn't they? Which is always yeah. quite an exciting moment of the season. So do you want to quickly run through what, what was what was said and what was done? Yeah, definitely. So, also, well, I was actually planning on deleting this section, keeping it a nice <laughs> short pod at the end. And yeah, was, um, my, my um, fiancé sent me um, a screen print of Lewis um, Cox's tweets. That's how we get the news in our house. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so offered contracts to Positive First, so offered new contracts um, to Matt Sadler, yep. Sean Worley, um, Bryn Morris, and um, Sean Rowley. So, yeah, any what's your what's your view on that on that, Glenn? Um, I think in terms of the ones offered contracts to, we, we talked about Matt Sadler, didn't we, the other week? Um, him and Abu Agogo are probably definites in terms of something to build around for next season. Um, we've obviously had an ongoing discussion about Sean Wally all season in terms of yeah. him going missing quite a lot of games. But I, I, when I when I sat down and thought about it, you know, during this week, I think it makes sense. You know, even if we yeah. go out and get two more wingers, he's always been very good off the bench. He'll he'll provide competition for places, and if he does start the season well and wins a place, then you know that's that's worked out a treat. And I, and I also don't think he'll be on the highest wages ever to be perfectly honest with you so that makes sense to me Bryn Morris was probably the most interesting if you if you take Sean Rowley out of it as a prospect other clubs have apparently been looking at so we're just all we're doing there is really sort of securing our investment in him and, and the way we've trained him so park him I mean Bryn's coming obviously just you know not long after Hurst joined well, it must have been a bit into the new year wasn't it and started yeah. to try and show us what he's all about on a, on a on a contract where he was sort of paying paying playing to earn a contract for next season he's obviously done enough in Hurst's eyes so I'm more excited about him of those three because with a good preseason under him, under Hurst, you know, we could have someone very exciting there to, to look forward to. He obviously can play a little bit deeper. He can play in the number 10 role, um, creative type player. You know, he could be the, the sort of, of the four that are offered. He could be the one to be the turn up in the books next season for me. I don't know what you think, Ollie. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, um, Morris um, looks like a player, doesn't he? he yeah. um, and we've had a lot of players uh, from the Premier League, haven't we, on either on loan or signed, and they just kind of fall away. They're a bit a bit soft yeah. but he's not soft is he he's got this he's got a bit of grit about him and some determination um, and he seems to have quite high standards for himself so if he does make a bad pass you can see it he's frustrated with himself yeah because you know he can do it. obviously he's got a good pedigree in terms of um, playing for England youth um, and, and Middlesbrough so that's good and yeah obviously I've been quite critical at times of Sean Morley but I think I'm being more critical because I know he can do better yeah um, and he's such a fantastic dribbler so no I'm really pleased that we can um, we keep him because he's definitely a threat in League One so no I'm pleased with that and Regardless of what we think, you know, he has become a, a fan's favourite in some respects. Yeah, that's he? a good point, actually. Yeah, I was, sorry, I've, I was meant to have just forgot that. Um, it's also nice as well because then we've got a few more players. So if obviously we've got a go-go still. Sadler's obviously got a rapport with the fans now, and he's a bit fan's favourite. Yeah, and also Wally as well. So obviously fans love to chant his name. So it's, yeah, it's great. Hopefully he signs. 
and yeah, and we have a bit more of a connection with the players because that's one of the troubles and that's one of the criticisms, isn't it, of the town of the last few years? We haven't had players to get behind. No, and also you've got to remember that we might not necessarily get all these players signed. They may well come up with a better deal elsewhere, yeah. as we found last year with uh, Knight Percival, obviously, when you know we, we were thinking, you know, and it's happened to lots of players over the years, hasn't it? So yeah, it you'd does. like to think that Sadler and Wally. Might might not get better offers in League One than us, really, and they're settled here. Bryn Morris, you don't know who might, else might have been looking at him. He might suddenly turn up to have had a better deal elsewhere. Same with Sean Rowley. He's, yeah. let's say, quite highly rated. So if we were to lose him now, I think we would still get money under the under the sort of youth deal, don't, wouldn't we? But um, it'd yeah. be a shame to lose him. And, and who knows what's going to happen with the goalkeepers next year. He might be worth hanging around here. He might be playing in League One for all we know. So... Yeah, that was interesting. And then obviously, yeah, we just briefly talk about the release players. So obviously, Halstead um, is the is the only senior pro we've let go off the off the yeah. list. Um, and then add to that, Ethan Jones, uh, Anderson, and Grogan, the three youth lads who've come to the end of their two year pro deals. So that's interesting um, in itself that um, Hurst was willing to let the three youth players go. Um, I think for me, it flags us back to when when we had Paul Hurst Q and A, and he was asked about um, Jones and Anderson, wasn't he? And he said they're a million miles away from a Tyler Roberts. So obviously we're preparing to play League One football next season and, and they're possibly not worth the investment. But, you know, let's let them go. And they've, they've obviously got a career in, in the game somewhere because they've both been you know able to hold down a place at non-league level at a reasonably high standard. So probably better for their careers to go on and try and get some football under their belts, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. You have to look at it from both sides, don't you? You know, are they going to develop or, you know, progress just being in our reserves again and basically repeating the year they've had now yeah. or should they go out and go somewhere else and it must be tough for Hurst to make these kind of decisions um, you know it's not many not many jobs where you have to make decisions about people's career on a no. regular basis like this so yeah I think it's, it's the right decision we haven't seen um, enough obviously if they were good enough they would have played um, because you know Hurst wouldn't have gone out and signed players if he didn't if he thought that they were good enough. Yeah. Um, so no, it's it's a shame, but um, yeah, fingers crossed they um, have a career in the game still, or you know they, they can still be successful. They don't have to necessarily have a career in football. Yeah, I mean, as Shrewsbury fans, we always look at the example of Andre Gray, don't we? Who's yeah who was in a similar boat, and obviously a striker like Anderson and Jones, um, particularly. And you know, there's nothing. He he played a couple of games at the end of the seasons, and obviously Jones got a, a game under his belt. And I think even Anderson played for us a couple of times the season before last. As yeah, Gray some, played a few times. Yeah, and Gray played, and none of none of you know. I'd say of all three of them, Ethan Jones looked the biggest prospect from the exact time playing that I saw I was never impressed with Gray when he played for us he was bang out of shape um, and obviously Anderson's only played a couple of real real small games for us so yeah it, it, Jones was probably the one that people would think about but yeah they, they can go away now and think look there's nothing to stop me being able to repeat this maybe a, a change of scenery and a different manager and bringing something different to my game and, and any anyone stands a chance of still developing you know you're not throwing them on the scrap heap now so I, I'll just say on behalf of the, of the podcast thanks to them for what they did for the club and, and hopefully they all go on and have reasonable careers elsewhere and hopefully don't come back to haunt us and one day we're saying why did we let him go he's just scored the winner against us like we normally do but yeah you, you can only wish players the best can't you in 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 this in the case of these four players particularly yeah it's um it's a shame um yeah as you say we thought that jones was the most likely to kind of break into the team but yeah change of scenery who knows i think great it's easy to kind of maybe point the finger or criticize the club with gray but also how many of hundreds of players have the club have been right on yeah. Um, so yeah, it's just one of those things, unfortunately. No, I, I don't blame the club for what happened to Andre Gray. No. Just a few people do though, and I think it's just sort of you look for your blue and amber tinted spectacles and think, oh well, we should have been getting the millions of pounds that he eventually went ended, ended up getting. But that's not the way football works, is it? Unfortunately, you know. And, and who would have thought Mark Pugh would go on to play for a Premiership team for all these years? It's just you know one, <laughs> oh, man. man, one manager's one manager's 
going to see something one manager's not and they fit into a certain system and a certain style and you settle in a certain town and you know there's a million and one different things off the pitch that have got to be right for a player to really settle and be good so yeah. here you go hopefully they go off and go on and find that I think um yeah, I think that's all really to say on the, on the retained list. We'll just keep an eye on what, what happens with the contracts and whether people accept them. I, I say I'd imagine a few of them will do, so um, we'll keep an eye on that. The only other bit of news that came out, and again, this was today, Ollie, and I don't think you've quite seen this, is that you were obviously at Oxford and obviously Joe Riley got injured yep. and uh, came off, didn't he? So they've obviously taken him for an x-ray. I was just reading you what Chris Skitt said, and they've said, we took him for an x-ray during the game and it revealed quite a bit of ligament damage and soft tissue damage to the ankle itself, but also a break to the fibula. Um, and so there was already sort of talk, talk of potentially being six to nine months of injury, which, yeah, is real bad for the lad because he's had a bit of an injury-prone record with us, hasn't he? Which is unfortunate because yeah. he's definitely our best right-back, in, in my view. Yeah, um, definitely. So two things to add to that, really. One, he's not going to be starting next season with us, so the recruitment's going to need to be looking at a right-back. And two, you know, you do wonder with, with big injuries like this how long it takes a player to get back from it because we've seen plenty of town players with, with injuries like this have never quite been the same afterwards. So, yeah, it's a bit of a shocker that for poor old Joe Riley, isn't it? It is a big shame. It is a big shame. He's only played um, 30, um, 32 games for us in the league. Yeah, um, yeah. And he's obviously only played a couple in the, in the Cups. It's, he's, he's, when he's played, he's always, he's always come back in really quickly, hasn't he? He's looked yeah. like he's never been away. And, yeah, he's, you know, he's got a good um, good right foot on him and he can yeah, strike the ball. And, yeah, it's been a bit of a shame that um, he hasn't, uh, he's got injured again. So, yeah, that um, puts a bit of pressure on and, yeah, we need to sign, definitely need to sign another right back now. Yeah, we've had a succession over the last two or three years, particularly of players with massive long-term injuries, haven't we? When you think about Weslowski and, and Knight Percival, who were sort of six to nine months and Agogos was going to be just as long, but obviously he got back a lot quicker. And I think there's been a, a few others, probably one leg break in there that I'm missing. So, yeah, a few of our players have been unlucky. But again, on behalf of us, I suppose, and, and all the fans, if Joe Riley ever listens to this, which he might do, um, yeah, all the best for your recuperation over the summer. And we hope it goes right and you get back and playing for Shrewsbury Town again because uh, I think you're one of the ones to have come out of this season with some pretty decent credit. Would you not agree, Ollie? You know, he's been one of the yeah, more definitely. solid players and, and he probably would have featured higher up in people's Player of the Season awards and stuff had he played more games and not been injured as much. So, yeah, we're not going to see a full season of Joe Riley again next year, which is a real shame. So, that's about it, really, in terms of news, Ollie. You know, just two two big things to come out today and, and you know, it always, always adds to the mix, doesn't it? But, yeah, there we go. That's the news. Yeah. <laughs> that is the news. On brighter news for you. Yes, I won, I won, Ollie. <laughs> predictions. <laughs> um, yeah, we're, we're going to just go straight into predictions of the episode because yeah. we're just going to do our season summary. We're going to try and keep this quite uh, tight this week, aren't we? But yes, the predictions competition. So as everyone who's been listening over the last few weeks knows, the, the score was stuck at 30 points to me and 29 to Ollie. And we obviously had one last game to try and change that. And we both went for a draw. Um, and obviously Shrewsbury lost 2-0. So no points were awarded. And Ollie Warner, you now owe me one Shrewsbury Town scarf to be bought before the start of next season. Or at least before it gets cold. <laughs> did you see what I put on Twitter? I thought that scarf might do. Did you see oh, what I... you were taking the mick at? It, it yeah. needs to be an officially branded merchandise, Ollie. I'm not going to accept anything else. So, you want to um, see the receipt and everything? There we go. But it's it inter- interesting, you know, that we've done these predictions all through the season. It's ended up with one point in in between. Is uh, shows that we we kept it quite tight. No, you know, we're not trying to fix it or anything. But um, when you actually look back at our predictions across the whole season, we didn't get very many right. In fairness, no. did we? So it um, just shows you how um, yeah how how easy it is for the betting industry to make money. Exactly. So there we go. So it's come to the end. So we shall repeat it next season, and we're open to offers 
terms of uh, any of the listeners to tell us what they think should be riding on the prize next season. You know, whether we should we upgrade it to a shirt, I don't know. So we're open to offers, aren't we, Ollie? Yeah, we are. <laughs> there we go. So good stuff. It's it's all good. I win. So I'm going to bask in the glory of that all summer. Um, and I guess that'll take us to the end of the of the last pod, regular podcast of the season, Ollie. So yeah. I mean, what do you want to say to to the listeners? I suppose we want to say thank you for a start, don't we? Yeah, thanks everyone for listening and um, bearing with us. Um, I think we're up to about thirty six hours of me yeah. and you droning on. Um, so thanks for everyone for staying with us. Um, we really appreciate everyone's feedback um, and your comments and your yeah three word match reports um, and your positive messages and stuff. Yeah, it's been great and yeah, I've really enjoyed it. It's been good fun. Um, it's been good fun. Yeah, I think I agree with that. Really, just sitting here and talking about the football and 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 having our say and and bringing people you know not there the sort of you know what it was like at the game and also general things to think about. You know, you you listen to another person's opinion and you kind of think about things in a different way, don't you? And hopefully, people have enjoyed that part of it because I always listen to what other people say and you know I like talking to people about the football. So hopefully, that's been part of it. Um, and I've also enjoyed the interaction with people who've been listening. We've been getting some really nice messages and you know saying thanks for the podcast. It's been one of the best things about the season. Someone said this season. I think. I'm just looking at Blue and Amber now. Someone said, um, yeah, I want to say big thanks for the podcast this season. I've only just learned about it after Christmas, but it was a great start uh, listening to it from the beginning, safe in the knowledge the season was going to start turning good. <laughs> You've helped me through the hours and hours of gruelling marathon training and the odd long car journey. I hope you continue into next season. And that was from someone called Dave on, on Blue and Amber. So, that, you know, that that's exactly why I've enjoyed doing it, Ollie. It's, it's getting some feedback like that and hoping that we've brought a bit of entertainment to people. So, we will definitely be back next season, won't we, Ollie? That's for sure. Yeah, we certainly will. And one of the, the good fun things for me as well is also seeing all the different countries that have popped up. Yeah. So, obviously, most of our listeners come for the UK. But, yeah, we get listeners from South Africa, United States, Sweden, France, Ireland, Italy, Vietnam, Canada, Norway. And, um, yeah, we've had some nice comments and different people so yeah it's good and um yeah we'll definitely be here back next season with um, some fresh ideas uh, we will and yeah hopefully bringing you some yeah some good results yeah yeah it's, it's like everybody we're just excited to get excited about the next season as everybody else is again now aren't we just ollie so yeah. um i think we should just talk about the summer we're not going to just disappear and, and you know be away for, for good we've um got an end of season review which we've talked about on a few episodes now with um we've got um mark elliott and lewis cox uh, lined up to join us for a round table discussion on sunday the 14th of may so that should come out um, during the week afterwards, I'd imagine when I get it all edited together, Ollie, we might split yeah. it down into a couple of episodes to sort of drag it, drag it out a little bit. Um, and we will also have another couple of guests who we, who we yet to confirm on that as well. So we'll have that. And then we've also got um, some stuff on the the best um, new Meadow team in the first ten years, and maybe a p- couple of other little clip clip shows and stuff like that to tide us over until pre-season. So yeah, yeah you can just keep checking it on on the the Salopcast Twitter account and the Facebook account, and it'll be up on Blue and Amber and and, and the general Shrewsbury Town Facebook page, which is where most people seem to get the news so yeah just keep in tune really and, and see what comes along because uh yeah we, we hope to bring some some interesting sort of offbeat commentary of what's going on in the summer i suppose don't we ollie yeah and obviously this um we'll obviously when the fixtures come out and i think we'll do what we did last year maybe we'll, i'm sure we'll, we'll go to a couple of the pre-season games and yeah yeah any town fans that um want to get involved as we did and um, obviously we went to quite a lot of the games in the second half of the season didn't we Glenn? it did kind so, of forced us to <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so yeah if people want to get involved also and yeah do us kind of match summaries of some of the pre-season games we'll definitely love to get other people involved as well so yeah and one last thing before we finish it Ollie I think it's just to thank all the guests that came on this season as well yep. um, so I think we had six or seven guests all in all and a few other people that we did some some stuff at the games with um, everyone appreciated everything you had to say we, we wanted to get a few more guests on towards the end of the season but um, 
mine and Ollie's lives became very <laughs> tricky with, with work-life balance and all that sort of thing so it wasn't quite as easy as it was during sort of like the pre-Christmas period but yeah hopefully again as we go into next year we'll be looking for guests we'll have a few of the old guys back on who were on this season and we're looking for some new voices as well because I, I spoke to a couple of people who wanted to come on this season and apologies we couldn't get you on but you were, you're on the list and we'll, we'll get in contact next season so yeah that's what it's all about it's a group effort you know it might just be me and you droning on but everyone's everyone's got an opinion at Shrewsbury Town and hopefully we've been able to bring a little bit of, of, of that as well so yeah and thanks to you Ollie cheers mate it's been enjoyable yeah, this season cheers Glenn yeah it's been good it seems a while ago that we were yeah having those <laughs> emails discussions should we do a podcast and um yeah no it's been a lot of fun um yeah I tell people I do a, a, pod, a legal one shoot your time podcast and people think I'm a bit crazy or they think it's a great idea um so yeah it's been yeah it's been a lot of fun so cheers Glenn yeah and nice also one, think Ollie. thanks to our partners for putting up with us talking to each other <laughs> every Sunday yes they've that, that should probably be the biggest thanks actually and uh yeah it just it's been nice it's been lovely to say thanks to the people who've helped us this season. I just can add my kids to that who've been on the podcast a couple of times, yep, obviously, as well. So it's um, a bit of a family thing as well, actually, which is a real nice thing about it. So, um, yeah, that's what it's all about, Shrewsbury Town. Family, your local hometown club and all that sort of thing and, and love for the game and love for football, which I went a bit emotional on last week, didn't I? But, yeah, it's been it's been cracking. And there you go, Ollie. We shall speak in two weeks' time and then yep. I'll give you a break, mate, for a couple of weeks and we'll catch up then. And thank you to everyone for listening. Yep. Have a Cheers, lovely guys. summer if you don't listen to any of the summer specials and we shall be back for 2018-19 isn't it so yeah god it's the future oh no not 2018-19 what am I talking about 2017-18 season there you go I was throwing it a season ahead Ollie but um yeah cheers guys and see you soon cheers soon <laughs> bye and for the last episode I changed the outro um Ollie was obviously at Oxford and he recorded all the town fans all 900 of them getting behind the town um chanting the town is staying up so we thought that was probably the most appropriate and season defining uh, thing we could play so I was out with so um here it is Thank <laughs> you.